The following is a CSPN Media podcast presentation. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about? A-Town Connection right here. You got Young Bloods uh, featuring Daddy Fat Sack. You know what I'm talking about? Outcast. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, like this. Check it out. I know you're waiting for Daddy. It won't be long. Shout it. Be patient because he's coming to you. Welcome back, listeners. Welcome back to another episode of the Crown and Collins podcast presented to you by the CSPN. I am one half of your host, um, Jeremy, a.k.a. Black Dante on Twitter, a.k.a. Nigamord, a.k.a. Shade Tree Mechanic, a.k.a. Vice President Big Knees, um, a.k.a. Subscribe to our Patreon and get bonus hashtag content. And as, as usual, I am joined by my friend and my co-host. Going on, y'all. This is Bianca, aka Tall Bianca XO on Twitter, aka Jacqueline Kerouac, because I'm on the road again, aka To Freedom. All right, all right, okay, all right, all right, friend. Okay. Uh, you know what? I have to admit, though, I, I do have to admit. As much as I don't like her, that shit is funny. It, that shit is funny. I can't lie. I can't deny that. That's the only value it has to me is that, like, I was not ready for that, and I was completely blindsided by. Like that being the thing she yelled, you know. Um, In conjunction with the just sit her rice, eat sit down, eat her, ate her rice. Yeah, I was listening to uh, XD Jaden. I, I listened to Jaden XD and XD said that that was one of the funniest things to come from summer. And you know what? I can't disagree. I want to because I can't stand her, but I but I don't disagree. No, they, they're not wrong. Yeah, he, he, he was not wrong. Um, but yeah, welcome back to another episode of this um, Catfish Dinner in the Form of a Podcast. Um, listen, subscribe, all that good stuff. Go to the go to the, our website cspn.us. Uh, keep shout with our sponsors. Keep that keep our podcast free. Uh, become a patron and become a CSPN patron. Bonus hashtag content. Um, yeah. So with that. Um, because with, with all the shows, uh, <clears throat> as Vice President Network Head, uh, me and Don uh, decided we're trying to get the shows to kind of like skip paying all the bills and shit. Because, I mean, it, especially for like an established show like this, at this point, at this point, you niggas know what the bills is at this point. <laughs> uh, but and for new hey, listeners, go to CSPN.us slash sponsors and shop through Amazon.com. Just click through, do all your usual shopping. Just kidding. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, y'all know what it is. Y'all know what it ain't. Hush, Bianca. for your ad read needs. Yeah, hashtag hi, Bianca. So let's just get into the shit. We have hashtag content. Um, speaking of our hashtag content, uh, fresh from our, um, our last listener review that I read last week, um, that that was happy that we introduced this segment. Uh, Hood Nicolature reviews this bike. I know All we- right. We ain't done them in about what about two, three weeks now, but we bike. We bike. Not do them. That Quan Mills dude has written like nineteen more books apparently. Yo, that motherfucker be writing like. Listen, that motherfucker write books like how Jamaican niggas be working to try to feed all eleven thousand families they got. Like, goddamn, is he Jamaican? Is Quan Mills Jamaican? Because it would make sense. Yes. Okay. I mean, we're just gonna run with it. We're gonna run with it. I mean, if, if he feels slide on, he can contact um, you at the, the co host. <laughs> All I do is co host the um, you can <laughs> um, and correct us, and we will issue a correction in a future episode. Don't right. Know which episode, but we'll issue a correction, whatever. Yeah, I mean, he'll be all right. Yeah, he'll live. Oh, yeah, he'll, he'll live. He'll live. Anyway, uh, that, that nigga writes books like Lil B writes albums. All right. All right. Except I got a feeling that Lobie's albums are better than Kwame Mills books. Just you know what? I can't even dispute the uh, dispute there. And no, you can't, motherfucker. And I don't know how I feel about Lil B, but I can't even dispute that. Don't know. Don't don't know what brought you to that darkness, but <sighs> you know what? We're not gonna get into that. We're not gonna get into that. We're not gonna get into that because we got set to do. Oh, uh, so this. All right, go ahead. Bring it in. Let's, let's do 
this uh this book <clears throat> the book we will be reading the reviews for and we'll be setting up for our listeners to partake if they so choose uh this book comes from one on uh, Carmen Lachey um and Hadia McDuffie okay we have two two authors uh with credits to this shit uh, I'm sorry <clears throat> Credits to this um, hood nigglature. And it is titled Married to a New Orleans Bully. Yeah, well, okay, that's the end of that segment. Bye. <laughs> this has been Hood Nigglature brought to you by the uh, Chronic College Show, brought to the Ghost of the Podcast Network. We thank you for listening. And we're going to do the rest of the show now. <laughs> and by the rest of the show, we mean we're going to read the rest of these reviews. <clears throat> Um, to summarize, to summarize this this tale, you know what the crazy about this shit? This shit is part of a four book series. <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> I mean, it's one of, from the author's page. It's one of they her well their best selling books because this shit don't have no bad reviews whatsoever. Like all this shit is five stars and only like one four star review. All this shit is five stars, so apparently they must be doing something right. Must be. Must be. A lot, of, a lot of people can relate to uh, shack it up with New Orleans bullies, I guess. Oh. Well, you know, I, I listen. I follow a lot of people from New Orleans. A lot of New Orleans, New Orleans women, and they say I hear stories about New Orleans niggas. So I mean, it. I, I'm saying it's it's a hint of, it's probably a hint of truth. Is what I'm saying, people. I'm just, I mean, I grew up there, so you're not. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I mean, you, 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 you know. I, I, I ain't into dudes, but I know niggas. And yeah, right. You, you know, you know niggas that know niggas. You know, you know. Anyway, but you know, what, what, a nigga with that New Orleans accent and light eyes. You know what I mean? You know. But anyway, <clears throat> but anyway. Well, like <laughs> from our former friends at the Bad Advice Show, how he wants a New Orleans woman with fronts. Uh, pray for Gordon. <laughs> That's all I got. Pray for Gord. It'd it be it'd it be women who like the New Orleans dudes with the fronts and the you know the beards and the tats and shit. Mm-hmm. That's the after. I don't. Hey. Good luck, like everybody. It. Correct. But anyway, <clears throat> to summarize, <clears throat> hopeless romantic Giovanni. Ronaldez never imagined she would be in a marriage of convenience. At the age of 20, that's the exact that's exactly the predicament she found herself in when her father forced her to marry the handsome but arrogant Jaheen Ja Carter in exchange for a lavish lifestyle for her sister and medical care for her mother. Giovanni had no idea what to expect, but she never imagined she'd be thrust into a world of violence, drama, and deceit. But that is exactly what happened when her peaceful world collided with the infamous Jaheen Carter. Will she adjust to her newfound life husband and carry out her father's demands? Or will a new love interest have her risking it all in the name of true love? 22-year-old Jaheem Ja Carter never knew what it was like to have an absentee father because his dad had always been in his life. The love he has for his father and the unbreakable bond they share made it impossible for Ja to go against anything his father asked of him. So when his father came to him with a proposition of marrying Giovanni Ronaldez in order to secure the drug deal of a lifetime, Ja had no choice but to reluctantly carry out his father's wishes. Expecting the union to be in name only, Jaquim never intended on actually taking his arranged marriage seriously until, until Giovanni blows into his world and turns it upside down. Not on the market for love, Ja fights his feelings for Giovanni every turn he deals with new enemies in the streets. How will he feel when he realizes it's a little too late that he actually loves the beauty that has invaded his home and captured his heart? Will he fight for what's rightfully his? Or will his stubbornness cause him to lose the only woman he's ever cared about? Strap in tight and get ready for this emotional roller coaster ride as Giovanni and John battle through sex, lies, deceit, enemies on every corner, jealousy, and greed, all to find a little thing called love. Would Giovanni get to experience that once in a lifetime love or would she find out the hard way that it's not as easy as she thought being married to a New Orleans bully? All right. So before we get to the reviews, let me say this. Because, <laughs> again, I don't I don't date dudes, but I know New Orleans niggas. <laughs> this dude would have went through with the marriage and he would have been cheating the whole fucking time. <laughs> there would have never been a chance for him to explore. Damn, do you love this chick? He would have just like, uh, like, I got bitches already. <laughs> I got a whole team of women already. <laughs> if he 
work like that out of New Orleans, he got a roster. Like, <laughs> let, let me say that objectively speaking. Like, he got a roster if he move and work like that. He, he got the all-star team. He got, he got money. Like, I mean, come on. Like, this is, like, I, I would have to suspend what I know about New Orleans people substantially to be able to dive into this book without, nigga, you lying, nigga, you lying, nigga, you lying. <laughs> <laughs> You heard it here first, ladies and gentlemen. First, hometown knowledge here. It, it, this, this, this book would have been 11 pages. Like, if this was... Max. <laughs> 11 pages max. If they were looking to get someone's like input on this, they'd have been like, yeah. I, I don't really know what to say. I don't really know what to tell you. Good luck. <laughs> John Carter. John Carter. Who was, running, who was running the Carter of his own. <laughs> was second guessing himself <laughs> and she was love struck and she was pushing him to be in love and he was like I'm a young nigga I got a whole life to live I ain't trying to be tied down this early and she would have been like well damn and then she would have seen him out oh she couldn't have seen him out a friend would have seen him out she would have took a picture sent it to her on the gram and been like this is your man doing when you're not around and then she would have been like, but I love him. And then he would have been like, I'm a goon. That would have been the end of it. Yep. It's like the fake text message threads that people be sending each other on. Yo! Yo! Like they'd be responding on the iPad to themselves and just leave all the doubles out. It's yep. just like that, but... Real quick, friends. Hey, hello, it me, Vice President Big Knees. Please leave us alone. <laughs> Please leave us alone. Please stop texting y'all selves and posting it on Twitter for motherfuckers to argue when you could have just blocked the nigga. Like, we don't need y'all texting y'all selves or these niggas and posting it on Twitter for us to know me in the trash. That is established. We don't need y'all to put, be posting this shit to get the timeline arguing to know niggas ain't shit. Please leave us alone. Thank you for coming to my nigga talk. Big please. Anyway. I think I said all I got to say about it. Why don't we hear some reviews? Correct. Okay. <laughs> the top, like I said, this shit don't have no bad reviews. Like nothing is below a, a four and it only got like one four review. And which I'm looking at it right now. As a matter of fact, you know what? Let me get the four review out of the way. Title. <laughs> the title of the damn four. Okay. Two, two four star reviews. Okay. No, well, shit, I lied. Five. Five four-star reviews. They don't show all the reviews at the same time. But anyway, let's see. The best one to read. Let's see. The best one. Okay. <clears throat> this one is from a verified purchaser. Um, <clears throat> Waiting for part two. Four stars. Jakeem is bay all day long. Giovanni is such... Is such a weak little puppet that does anything anyone tells her to do. If it's one dot dot dot. If it's one thing that I can't stand, it's a it's a weak, mealy mouth woman. I, I mean, come on and show us that's fine. I can't wait for part two and parentheses insert girly squeal here. Now I wanna how mm. at least they didn't call her a female. Yeah, I was waiting for it. I was waiting for it. Cause you, you. Right, I was waiting for it. I was waiting for it. I feel like it was on the tip of their tongue, but they changed that the last minute. Right. Okay. All right. Five star views. <clears throat> Five stars. Uh oh. <clears throat> uh oh. It's about to be on and popping. Poor Giovanni is caught up in a real mess just from trying to do what she believes is best for her mother and sister. Poor thing, just don't know. Ja is a real bully with the heart of gold. I like him for her. Her dad is another right. <laughs> her dad is another matter. There's something about him that really rubs me the wrong way. Hopefully, he will get what he deserves real soon. I like. I really like Yari. She's a good friend, but Shante needs to be gone. There's definitely some snake in her, but the question is why. Hopefully, this will be answered for me in part two. Okay. <laughs> right. Okay. There's always something when they're like, oh, yeah, I, I like how well of an asshole this person was written to be. 
Right. Okay. Five stars. <clears throat> really? I don't even know what to say. Gonna have my feelings all over the place. Yes, I'm reading this as it is. It's a setup. I don't care. I don't care. She should have she should have went with her heart and just told him what was going on. Shunti is real questionable to me right now. I hope she ain't a part of this BS. I think Giovanni's dad is working with the ops. I do. It's just about to get real soon, so let us pray. Spectacular job. Yes, I read that as is. Oh, boy. Good luck, everybody. Uh, <laughs> yeah, the, the fact that these are all good reviews make it kind of hard to dissect. Because it's like, this is just somebody who read this, like, to enjoy it. And got what they wanted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm going through reviews now. Again, like I said, hey, it didn't get not, not one bad review. Like, the lowest the shit got was, a four, was four stars. And it was just, out of 47 reviews, four of them... Five of them were four stars. Everything else was a five. I mean, um, mm. but yeah, that's that's about the the best of the reviews. So let's see. In this trilogy, she the um trilogy. She has married to New Orleans bully two, married to New Orleans bully three, and married to New Orleans bully four. And all these were published within months of each other. Of course. Of oh, right, right. So yeah, um, I guess it's a good read. Like I said, I hadn't had a bad review yet. So you know, I guess read up on it and get you some married to a New Orleans bullet. The um, the the series, I guess. Mm. I, hey, should, I mean, she got get all four for like eight ninety nine or whatever it is. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, all right. So moving on. Uh, speaking of the hood. Speaking of hood negligence, so um, Cardi in some hot water again. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Cardi claims that a former team member posted a transfer with meme to her official Facebook account. Um, she is um, she um, well, I'll just read the article. Um. Cardi B has addressed a transphobic post made by her official Facebook account on Sunday, September 16th. Um, as we're recording this on Monday, September 17th. Y'all hear this shit on the 18th, probably. Depending on when me and Don put it out. Um, <clears throat> claiming that a former associate is the one who controls that account. <clears throat> Quote, it has come to my attention that there have been offensive posts made on what used to be my Facebook page. The rapper tweeted for the past year and a half, a former in all caps team member has been the only one with access to the account. The Facebook post in question was still live at the time Cardi posted her claim on Twitter, and the Facebook account has been actively posted, has actively posted promotional graphics as recently as two days ago. Uh, I won't say to me, uh, but I'm pretty sure if you know if you know this controversy, you know what the meme is. Um, it goes on to say that this isn't the first time the rapper has caught heat for using this language. And Jane, where she explained that she didn't realize that the T word was an offensive term. Um, and we remember that because it was a whole bunch of uh, hoopla about vault. Um, they the article has her defense of that um, that she said. Um, and also we remember doing that same stream. She defended her now husband um, offset. Homophobic lyrics, um, and one of them song, one of them damn songs, uh, that he said when he don't vibe with queers and stuff, and then he did that stupid ass apology, blah blah blah, and then she double down defending him, blah blah blah, and stuff. So, yeah, um, how do you feel about it, Bianca? Before I give my <coughs> two cents, so I saw this out of order. Um, mm-hmm. I saw the apology for the meme. And then I saw somebody's in a rush. On the roll podcast, ladies and gentlemen. I saw the apology for the meme. And then I saw a little bit of the conversation about it. Mm. So then, I didn't see none of the conversation. I just saw the, the, the meme and the apology. And then I saw the meme in question, like, much later. Mm. As far as does she run her social media? Eh, I mean, I feel like she runs a Twitter, definitely. Yeah, we know. <laughs> and her Instagram. Like, I don't, I don't think those two are up to debate Facebook. 
I would be equally surprised and not particularly surprised in either direction to find out either she does or she doesn't. Um, what I will say is that at this point, she probably needs to be on the phone with Beyonce. Listen, <laughs> for various reasons. Asking Beyonce, yo, who runs your social media and how can I like borrow them? Yeah. Shoot, I feel like at this point. Or, yeah. um, God, who else? Or like Apple. Like Apple who tweets all the time but never has any tweets on their account. Yeah. Always find hilarious. But yeah, no, like whoever see and, and this is this is the thing about it. Like she's been in hot water about this before. Correct. She apologized. And on a personal level, like me personally, I was like, all right, like you you learned, you you seem to know that this is, you know, problematic now. You've made amends for it. Yeah, because I remember we talked about it that when it happened. Cool, I'm gonna be watching. Like, that's how I look at it. Like, I'm gonna be watching, basically. And then right. this happens. And then there's this plausible deniability. Because again, I again, like I don't believe a single, like, really actually famous person. Like I see this on Facebook all the time, where like something's posted by like Ludacris or like DL Huey or like Lil John or you know, like just some of these, you know, people who are like big names, either like huge names now or were huge names at one time and they're just still well known in the public eye or whatever. And it's like I don't really think Ludacris was scanning his timeline or his feed on Facebook and ran across this and just had to share it. I because they don't use all the social media. Like they don't use like I'm not saying that celebs don't see memes or don't have access to memes. I'm just saying I find it really far fetched to believe that that's like what they're doing, like at any given moment. Yeah. Um, so there is an air of believability for the singular reason of like if this had been on Ludacris's page and he had said the exact same thing, I'd be like, yeah, that seems right. That seems reasonable. That seems fair. That seems believable. Um, of course, like I said, the obvious point of difference here with Cardi is that she's been in this position before. And it's just a bad look. Yeah, I think for me, uh, my because um, even in the statement, because I mean, honestly, it wasn't even really an apology. It was basically like my name been in and I ain't in it. It's like Cardi, I. First, okay, let's let's run with, the, with 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 what you're saying that you like somebody else been running your account. Why would you? And again, I'm not a celebrity, so maybe this is just me thinking. But why would you let somebody else run your account for damn near a year and a half or two years or whatever the hell? You know what I mean? Like, it took, that right, just, yeah, because because that's that's the thing. That's exactly it. The, the notion that it's somebody else instead of like. A social media management company, or right, right, something like that. And then a former at that, like, why do they still have access to your account? Oh shit, I had I, there's a page I used to run, and I, you know, I don't have access to it anymore because I've since like erased the Facebook page mm-hmm. for myself that had access to it. But if I reactivated the page, I'd have access back to that page again. Like, right. So I, I see how the lines get crossed, especially again when it's personal. When it's this is someone I know. Like I said, I, I the the prevailing thought for me is, Cardi, this is a horrible look. Like... Very. And the statement didn't make a Nobel. Mm-hmm. Like, like this this statement, which... Again, I, like I said, I saw the apology and saw the conversation, and then I saw, like, the offending meme. But... You know, here I'm like, I, I, I thought she learned. And then I'm also thinking to myself, like, this could have just as easily been Lil Fable from B4L's fucking account posting the same shit, and... It would be strike one for him, essentially. You know, mm-hmm. whatever. Um, so, no, I'm, I'm torn about it. And, like I said, the whole I'll be watching thing um, that I, you know, had, the route I took last time, it's just like, fuck, do I still want to watch? Do I care anymore? Like, do I, you know, mm-hmm. say thanks for the memories and keep it moving? Like, what, you know, what's the, what's the out at this point? What's the outlet at this point? How do I, how do I manage my feelings about the fact that, like, I hated that fucking meme. Like, mm-hmm. Plain right. and simple. Right. Uh, like I said, I saw that last, and I was like, oh, like, okay, this is this is worth being in hot water over, because... So... The whole notion of the Rolf meme in general, it's one of those memes where I'm like, I don't even know where it originated from. I don't know how it became the thing it became. <laughs> I, just, I just saw it suddenly as a thing people were doing on the internet. So I don't mm-hmm. know what the initial aim of the damn thing was in the first place because 
Honestly, me even Ed Ed and Ed is one of my favorite shows, and I didn't know. Shit, I wore Ed Ed and Eddie shirt Saturday. Like, I mean, <laughs> right, 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 right. And the first I saw this meme was. Which you know what? Ed 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 and Ed is quiet as kept age really well. That cartoon is the jam, like for real. Right, but continue. I didn't mean to cut y'all, but that that aged really well. But um, yeah, we um. I, I don't know where this one came. I don't know what it was supposed to do. I don't know how, like, looking into a door, making a face became this, like, monumental thing. Like, I understand the Mr. Krabs meme, for example, right? Like, that was one where I caught it kind of late, and I was just like, oh, okay, I see what this is doing. I, I see how this is being operated. Fine. Um, the, you remember the monkey in the red room with the laptop, and he would, like, spin around in the chair, and he would, like, Throw the laptop yes. on the floor when he fucked the papers up. Like, I didn't yes. know where that came from, but all of a sudden it was all over the place. And I just remember, oh, oh, okay, this is like, this is good for like office. Like, I, I can see where things are going based on where they started, based on what I'm seeing. With this one, I'm fucking confused. So I don't know, again, what the original mission of the meme is. And so the answer to answer the question, well, how do you feel about it? I don't know because I don't know how I'm supposed to feel about this thing. To be, I don't know what this looks like when done well. Mm. I don't know if this was designed to piss off as many people as possible. I don't know if it was designed to. I don't know what it was meant to do, be, say, represent anything. Um, so that's my feelings about the meme. As far as again it being posted by Cardi B's Facebook page. I don't love the rationale behind it. I don't love the explanation of how it happened necessarily. Um, I do, on some ordinal level, believe the plausible deniability of. I wasn't on. I wasn't even online like when that shit was going down. Like the notion of Faith Evans and Mary J. Blige fighting at. No, 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 not even that. Um, we might talk about this more later. But you know how they say Drake had took that little eighteen uh, year old girl on a date, and that became like a firestorm of a social media situation. Ooh, yeah. And it turns out they weren't even in the same like part of the country. Mm-hmm. Like that picture was super old, and it wasn't a date. Yeah. So that so that's kind of where I'm with it. I'm like, was Cardi like working on some shit when it was like? Does, does she have an alibi? I guess is what I'm saying. Um. Because on the on the surface it doesn't make sense given all the things she said, you know, in terms of being apologetic to the trans community um, before this. And so I don't know if this is someone who went rogue and it's like I'm gonna fuck her up for cutting my money off. So I I don't know. That's a lot. There's there's a lot at play. Like I said, I don't like it. I'm again cautiously optimistic that this will bear some sort of sensible fruit over time, but I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, um, I, I mean, I mean, it's, it, it, it was fucked up. Like I saw people, you know, from the LGBT community, specifically the trans community, saying it was fucked up, which it was, and saying that this is, like you say, Cardi is a repeat offender, and like, you know, not to make excuses and stuff for. So I just shut the fuck up and minded my cisgender ass business because I do. Um, like Cardi, um, I do like her music, but unlike a lot of people, when they favor just somebody that they like in general being on some trash, I don't down heels for them and defend their trash behavior. I shut the fuck up and eat my food, which I wish a lot more people would fucking do. Um, because you can just enjoy someone's um talent or entertainment and not co-sign the shit that they do and. If it's just somebody that you hold dear that you just can't cancel, quote unquote, then when they get called to the carpet, you can shut the fuck up. Or if they do something that is just like, I just can't fuck with this shit no more, you're well within your right to stop fucking with them anymore. But, you know, it's again, just like the last time Carter got in trouble for this shit, I think it's uh, a point of suggesting that people should just shut the fuck up and eat their food. And that's what I'm doing. And just say that it's fucked up and amplify the voices that are speaking of it. Um, whether they are, you know, extending grace to Cardi if they so choose or saying fuck Cardi if they so choose or somewhere in the middle if they so choose. Um, I think those voices should be amplified and the rest of us should just shut the fuck up. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of, that's why I am with it. Uh, but yeah. Um, 
But it's uh damn Cardi. I mean, you know, it's mm. <clears throat> good luck. Good luck, everybody. Good luck. Speaking of good speaking of <laughs> speaking of good luck and shutting the fuck up eating their food. So um uh Cat Williams uh, has had quite a weekend. <laughs> oh boy. Cat has had quite a weekend. So if you don't know, if you've been on the rock, um I just start with the latest update. Um Cat um Williams, comedian Cat Williams says the husband of radio personality pointed a gun at him at the interview. So Okay, so check it, right? Here down in Atlanta, they're around the metro. It is this radio station. I think it comes on 104.7, I think. I forget the damn station, but it's Wanda and Frank and Wanda in the morning, okay? Wanda Smith is a radio personality. She, well, let me let me just read the whole thing. Then, I, then I'll give the backstory. <clears throat> Comedian Cat Williams says the husband of popular Atlanta radio personality Wanda Smith Sellers approached him and pointed a gun in his face after Williams' appearance with her on an Atlanta radio station. Williams says Williams says Smith Sellers' husband Lamoris. First of all, this motherfucker's name is Lamoris, nigga. <laughs> Lamoris Sellers confronted him Saturday night at the Atlanta Comedy Theater after Williams had a heated exchange with her during an interview on V103 FM. Okay, so V103. Okay, I thought it was one. 104.7, my bad. Uh, in a police report, <clears throat> an off-duty Gwinnett police, Gwinnett County police detective was working security at the club when Williams approached him and made the claim. Williams told him after Sellers put a gun on him, he took off and went inside the food depot convenience store located, located next door. Sellers later told the police that he did approach Williams after his wife told him of the verbal alt- altercation. <clears throat> Uh, he also told police that he chased Williams into the food depot, but left and returned to the club. He also indicated to the police that he was carrying a gun at the time, but did not point it at Williams. Williams said when he says when he was chasing Williams, the gun fell from his waistband and he bent over to pick it up, but never d- directly pointed it at him. After reviewing the surveillance video from the food depot, officers say that the footage shows sellers chasing Williams into the store, but it doesn't show sellers carrying a weapon. So that's what happened. That's the the latest update. So. <clears throat> Back to the backstory. Wanda Smith here in Atlanta, and I, Bianca, you probably probably know of her too from your time when you was uh, staying here in Atlanta. Uh, Wanda um, totes herself as one of those. I say what's on my mind, like loud, and I ain't mean to say that in a derogatory term. Uh, in a derogatory tone. Um, she told herself one of those loud, I'm saying what's on my mind, like it's just jokes, like if you don't like what uh what I'm saying, you know, your your bad essentially you can like the Yeah. <laughs> shit, I think that's that's a direct quote for her ass too. <laughs> like she told herself as one of those people, right? So her and Frank, like, they have said all types of Wanda has talked so much shit about people on air, which is all right because you know she radio personality. That's what radio does. She even we on this damn podcast we talk shit about a lot of people in our what four year tenure gone damn near at two hundred episodes. So you know it's whatever. You know that's what you do. That's cool. Fine. Whatever. However, Wanda's also one of them m- m- type of motherfuckers as evidenced by this here. Well, she can dish it, but she can't take it. Because her and Kat got into this goddamn roasting session. And let, let me say this. Let me say this. That entire interview, seeing it in this totality, Kat was on some other shit. I would not, you know, get into that because honestly, I I, fit, I saw it over the weekend. And I saw the conversation about like some of the shit he said about Tiffany Haddish, about Kevin Harden, some of the other shit he said. Personally, I didn't want to get into that because I feel like that had been exhausted to the point of like almost beating a dead horse and I felt like I didn't I've ordered it this long because I because I really didn't care. Um and I felt I had nothing to contribute to the conversation. So this more than that work. I saw people still talking about it. Um well talking about this and talking about that whole interview and how Cat seemed off and he seemed combative and stuff. You know what? Fine. Fair. Cool. You know, I whatever. That's your opinion, whatever. That's cool. This shit with him and Wanda, though. Listen. (laughs) And I say this on Twitter. I feel like that was people outside of Atlanta's first time seeing Wanda and hearing Wanda. So it 
Cat kind of came off and seemed like the big bad, like he was, you know, attacking, quote unquote, this woman. But listen, this is the same woman that they used to have a skit where they had a, um, I think it was, was it Susie? Well, no, Miss Sophia. They had Miss Sophia on there. And him, her and Frank used to routinely, routinely make homophobic and transphobic jokes on air. That shit, that's one reason I stopped listening to the goddamn show. Mm-hmm. Um, so, again, Wanda one of them people where she can dish it, but she can't take it. And she caught her issue with Kat. And she, on top of that, she started it. Like, if you re- watch that clip, Cat, they started roasting. Cat kept it cute. He didn't talk. He didn't go. The jokes he had was about her wig, which okay. I mean, you can argue maybe that was a bit much. Which I, I mean, I disagree, but you can feel it. You know, I, I won't, I won't have no bones with you if we disagree about that. Uh, like he talked about the broccoli. His jokes in roasting kept it cute. She couldn't take that shit, and then she did what a lot of women. Especially, well, not a lot, but I've seen women do, especially on Twitter and especially lately. She started that emasculation shit, calling him sis and calling him little mama and Miss Cat and all that shit, and uh, allude hinting at a little homophobia and download shit, talking about he, you know, big in prison and all that shit. And she she took it there, and Cat took it right back. You know, he didn't go through no fat phobia shit until she went there, and I ain't saying it's right, but I say I'm saying I understand. And she caught her issue. And then to capitalize on that shit, this morning her ass was on the goddamn radio show. <laughs> Listen, that motherfucker said Cat Williams roasting her was a spiritual attack. Ma'am. Wanda. Ma'am. <laughs> Sister, please. <laughs> it was a what? Was it a... Was it a spiritual attack when you were talking cash shit about um uh, about motherfucking uh, Miss Sophia? Was it cash shit when you were talking about goddamn uh you had sideways shit to say about Rick Smiley? Was was it a spiritual attack when you had shit to say about any of these other goddamn celebrities and shit? So it's a spiritual attack when somebody roast your ass when you try to roast back with them. Okay. And a and a roast that you started. Okay, cool. All right, I see what we're doing. I see what we're doing. Then this motherfucker said it was extra mean. And I feel like he had an agenda because I'm a woman and he's a man. Wanda. Wanda. Like you don't in this like you don't sit on this goddamn radio show every morning and regurgitate misogyny towards other women. Like you didn't try to emasculate this man and attack his manhood because he was roasting your ass by you bragging about cooking some goddamn broccoli. <laughs> Wanda. Sweetie. Ma'am. Ma'am. My timeline was full of folks, from, local folks from Atlanta and the surrounding metro this morning. Like, look, friends, friends. I know on the outside looking in, it looks bad on Cat because y'all don't have as much familiarity with Wanda as we do. But friends, trust us, believe us. This ain't that, and that ain't it. Wanda a bully. She been a bully. That's why the folks she on the radio because bullies, for whatever reason, somehow make good radio. Using that in air quotes. She caught her issue. She took that L. That's just it, friends. I'm sorry. I ain't saying fat phobia is is is, is right because it ain't. What I'm also saying is don't don't start none won't be none. <laughs> <laughs> but I've talked enough. Oh uh, damn, <laughs> Beyond- <laughs> uh, Hi, this is Wanda Smith. From <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. I yeah. Like, I don't like the notion of, like, making a name as a shock jock or whatever, you know, however you want to term it, or just someone who is all about the drama and conflamas, and then, like, when it's brought to your front porch, you're like, oh, no, oh, no, oh, no, you you in full-on fret mode. She went full white woman. Yeah. Like, I, I have long not been a fan of that. Like... Reminds me of the shock jock Solomon is back who made fun of that Saints player who has ALS now, Steve Gleason. They made fun of him. And then they were like, oh, you know, we don't like the fact that people are saying mean stuff about us. We're not mean. And it's like, you did the meanest thing you fucking could. Like, what do you mean? Like, you're suddenly looking for clemency or 
people to look the other way on your bullshit when it turns out the shit you're doing is like just objectively fucked up. Mm-hmm. And so this is just more of the same, basically. And it's like, come on, like at your big age, right? Like you, you go to this man on and on and on and on and on, and then finally, when it was time to take your medicine, you couldn't handle it. Correct. Because those jokes weren't funny as shit. Like Cash, was, Cash jokes were funny with, and that was before again. Like he. He didn't take it down until she did. Like his jokes were his jokes were clean and funny. Hers was not. And then when she felt that heat, then she resorted to the trash. And can't resort to the trash right with him. <laughs> and listen, let me tell you something. Far as her husband go, listen, let me tell you something. I get defending your woman honor. Trust me, I do. However, li- let me listen, friends, in me, Vice President Big Knees. Hello. Uh don't expect me to be defending your honor. You out here looking the fuck stupid, especially if you instigated the shit. Like I, all I got. I'm sorry. Like you can call me less of a man if you want, but if you started the shit and you take that L, don't expect me to go fight the nigga. <laughs> like if you if you start a roast and you lose, when you could have sat there at your damn food, don't expect me to fight the nigga. I'm gonna be like, good luck. <laughs> good, good the hell. <laughs> Listen, I you you are making your bed, and you gotta you gotta sleep in it, or you gotta stay awake in it. One of the two, right? <laughs> listen, like, listen. If you if you expecting me to pull a gun out for, on a nigga because you lost the roast that you started, I'm not the man for you. I'm sorry, <laughs> I'm sorry, because <laughs> this ain't that. You better hold your own. I'm sorry. <laughs> listen, if you being a bad enough to start it, you better be good enough to goddamn finish it. Because if not, don't expect me to. Don't expect me to be clean up, man. <laughs> Don't start no won't be none. There ain't gonna be none in this household. Fuck that. <laughs> but yeah, she caught her issue. And I think what sealed it was again this morning on the damn radio show, her ass being like, Well, I just never I felt like he had an agenda. Would you be saying this if you roasted his ass and he had no good good jokes? I just wonder, Wanda. I just wonder. Was it an agenda? Is it an agenda when you do the same thing every morning when you talk your cash shit on on everybody in pop culture? Just saying, just just, just a question, one. Just a question. You got it ready to fire up until it comes back to you. Mm-hmm. Mm. Keep that same energy. Then you don't know how to respond. Right, right, right. Uh, one more thing, and then we're gonna get out of here because I know Bianca is uh pressed for time a little bit. Um, <clears throat> I mean, not badly. All right, but uh, but yeah, this is gonna be the last thing we're gonna get about it. I think this is a good note to close out on. So, uh, Vontae Davis, um, cornerback, uh, defensive back for for the Buffalo Bills, he retired um at um halftime in a loss to the Chargers on Sunday. Buffalo Bills cornerback uh Vontae Davis left the team at halftime in the thirty-one twenty loss to the Los Angeles Chargers on Sunday. Davis announced his decision to retire, to retire following the contest. Um, I have his official tweet uh, pulled up here, his statement. Quote, uh, this isn't how I pictured retiring from the NFL, but in my 10th NFL season, I have been doing what my body has been programmed to do. Get ready to play on game day. I've endured multiple surgeries and played through many different injuries throughout my career. And over the last few weeks, this has been the latest Physical challenge, but on but today on the field it really hit me fast and hard. I shouldn't be out here anymore. I meant no disrespect to my teammates and coaches, but I I hold myself to a standard. Mentally, I always expected. I always, mentally I always expect to expect myself to play at the high, at a high level, but physically I know today that just isn't possible. And I had an honest moment with myself while I was on the field. I just didn't feel right, and I told the coaches I'm not feeling like myself. I also wonder, do I want to keep sacrificing? And truthfully, I do not because the season is long and more importantly for me and my family. And it's more important for me and my family to walk away healthy than to willfully embrace the warrior mentality and limp away too late. That this was an overwhelming decision, but I am at peace with myself and my family. I choose to be grateful to God for allowing me to play the game that I love as a boy until I turn 30 years old. I choose to be grateful to God for being a part of the NFL and making a lot and making lifelong friends over the last decade. There were there were roadblocks and pitfalls along the way, but I am grateful to God for all of it because He doesn't promise any of us an easy journey. 
See, I wanted to say keep getting them checks in response to this, but then I remembered he retired. He didn't get no more checks. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> ain't no more checks. Ain't no hey. more checks. How you took a catchphrase from me, man? Why you had to do that, Vontae, man? No. Nah. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah. Yeah. Um, you wait, know what? Wait. Oh, go ahead. I, I kind of fuck with the movement a little bit. Not not all the way, obviously, but I fuck with the movement a little bit. Because, um, like, you, you, you got to know when. And, I mean, they always say certainly it's better to quit early than it is to quit late. Um, mm. After, you know, any amount of skills that you had are, like, showing that they're diminishing. But, damn. Like, I, I completely understand, like, why his teammates felt the way they did in the moment. But I also, like, I super sympathize with how he feels about the job that he felt like just, man, I, I, I can't do it. I don't have it. Like, it's not in me anymore. Um and the thing about the NFL, it makes it so much different from every other job. A lot of people like to say, oh, well, I mean, if I quit my desk job, then... <laughs> and I'm like, eh, if you quit your desk job, fam, you just tidy that resume up and, you know, deal with the, deal with the itinerant fallout and keep it moving. But... Um, this is a whole different beast. And then I fell player, Dominique Foxworth, who works for ESPN, writes for the Undefeated. Um, Great overall human being. Used to do the Morning Rose podcast. Yes. Just solid dude all around. Um, but Foxworth wrote a story recently. Um, it's on the Undefeated about the challenges of trying to figure out what the hell is going to happen in your life next, basically after football and all the sacrifices that football players make and how those sacrifices don't begin at the point where you get drafted and you wind up on a team or whatever. Um, it is all about a confluence of circumstances and it's decisions that you make. In high school, things you don't pursue, doors that you shut, and sometimes stay shut. Um, you know, freshman year, sophomore year, junior year opportunities that you don't take because you got to practice or you got to study a playbook or you got to look at game film or whatever. Um, and all those things narrowed down and down and down and down and down. He was like, I was at the point, I had just gotten traded, and I picked up a GMAT book. All of a sudden, I found myself doing these math problems that I'd never use again. And I realized, shit, well, I can't do that either. So now I got to have a come to God moment with, like, everything going on in my life. And thankfully, I had a good enough season to be able to make some money and be able to take time if I needed to or really, you know, collect my thoughts together, my thoughts together to do what I had to do next. But Vontae Davis, by all accounts, had that in, had the entirety of that moment. Like, at some point, between waking up and then pulling himself out of the game. But I've probably been feeling it for weeks, if not months. And that's what makes it hard for me to, like, disagree with him on a, uh, just on a, on a human level. Leave the rest of the shit out. Leave the, you know, the NFL players' salaries are public. Like, leave that shit out of it. Like, that doesn't even need to be a factor in it. Um, you know, this on the same day that Multiple kickers lost their jobs because they couldn't make kicks. That's the thing about football. If you don't catch enough footballs today, you get cut tomorrow. If you don't score enough touchdowns today, you get cut tomorrow. You don't kick enough extra points or you don't kick enough field goals today, you get cut tomorrow. Mm -hmm. And And so what have you done for me lately, Lee? And he turned that on his head a little bit. He was like, I ain't got it. I can't give it. I feel bad going out there and trying to do it when I know that neither my head nor my heart is anywhere near in it. So I got to step away. And that's fair. Yeah. When you know, you know. And when, more, more specifically, when your body knows, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I I support him being like, look, my health and my well-being for not only myself, but my family is more important. And like, look, I just can't do this shit no more. I can't be out here sacrificing my body and to what end you know when especially with all the knowledge about what we know about nfl players health like post football like you know cte and you know disability and things of this nature like he's like look i i i can't do this shit no more and he you know he walked away and i i salute him you know what i mean like i i'm here for players taking their own destiny into their own hands and especially in the nfl because we we don't see it that often 
you know, we see it all the time in, in basketball, but we don't necessarily see NFL players taking their own destiny and having their own autonomy in their own hands. So I salute him. And I wish him, you know, success in, in everything he does um, post his career because he learned it. Yep, and that's that's just it, exactly. He he earned it. He, you know, put his body on the line in the ways that he did, and he sacrificed, you know, holidays the way that he did and probably sacrificed, you know, birth of children or family birthdays, or anniversaries, you know, whatever. Um, so, yeah, I mean, take a lap. You deserve it. That's <laughs> what I'm trying to say here. Yeah, pretty much. Um, and speaking of taking a lap, I think we are done. We are done. Uh, yeah, I would like to say in closing um, that this week, so by the time y'all, you know, by the time we do our next show, it'll be too late to bring this up. But do yourself a favor at some point this week and go back and listen to the infamous Ray J call in to the Breakfast Club. It was seven years ago this week that he called in very angrily about fabulous and how he plays piano with Floyd Mayweather every day with the money team. <laughs> he has seven Rolls Royces outside and an indoor swimming pool and an outdoor swimming pool. Indoor basketball court and an outdoor basketball court. Um, yeah, do yourself that favor. Go back and listen to that shit. I was listening. To, I randomly pulled it up like a couple days ago. No, oh, oh shit. So like, Solar Return on this is coming up. So if you want peak 2011 ratchetry back in your life since we didn't get Fade in the Shade, go look at that. <laughs> go watch that. Go listen to it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you can blame Ray J for so much shit. But anyway, that's another. If you want to hear about that, listen to Ratchet Ramblings because, oof. But, <laughs> but yeah, we um thank you all for listening. Uh, thank you all for supporting us. Uh, we had hashtag content for y'all instead of just winging it. Um, but I mean, it's fine. Y'all love when we wing it too. But you know, so yeah, we'll be back uh, next week. Uh, Bianca, any more parting words before I close it out? All right, be a greater hoe, not a hater hoe, and we'll be we'll be back next week. And fuck Nicki Minaj. Oh my god, <laughs> that is the that is the hill I'm gonna die on. That fuck fuck Nicki, <laughs> fuck Nicki. Like y'all can say whatever y'all want about Cardi, and when she being trash, I shut the fuck up and eat my goddamn food. But fuck Nicki as a staff record label and as a motherfucking crew, and that's why I stand on that. So, all right.